The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily. Different podcast. I'm Will and I'm your host. It is Friday, July the 8th, and uh, we got a question. We got a request for you, you listeners, you watchers. Apparently, we're a nominee for like the third or fourth straight year for Best Sports Podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. We appreciate all you guys do for us, and we hope you enjoy our show enough to nominate us to advance to the final round to nominate the Big Six Podcast. Go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up and then toggle down to the sports category the whole process takes less than 60 seconds we've included the link at the top of the episode description as well if we win the award i don't know i'm not gonna say i'll get a tattoo but if we won best pod if we won the people's choice award for best podcast of the year best sports podcast of the year i would probably get a tattoo i wouldn't shave my head if we win, I'll shave my head for sure. <laughs> Jordan Najani uh, volunteering to shave his uh, l- luscious, luscious uh, uh, head there. Um, what's up, buddy? How you doing? What's going on, Brinson? Coming to you live 20 minutes from PNC Arena, the Madison Square oh, Garden of the South. Yes, uh, I'm back, baby. I love the background nice. as well. I was, I was about, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about, um, yeah, you're, we're about, to, you're about 20 minutes from, uh, from, from Carter Finley as well. Um, yes, we'll have to try and get up and get a beer, depending on how long you're in town and or what um, my parental responsibilities are, which are very any, anyway. Let's uh, let's dive in. We got new linebackers, we got a bunch of podcasts that we're doing. Uh, this I mean, we got you know, it's a daily show. People complain if it doesn't come out every day, but you know, sometimes life gets in the way. Anyway, top 10 linebackers, uh, we'll start at number actually, I think it's an interesting group here at number 10. We'll do 10, 9, and 8 because. Two of those guys happen to be on the same team. Devondre Campbell at number 10, but then Levante David at nine and Devin White at eight. Uh, your, your three linebackers there. Uh, you know what? I should probably – do you have anybody notable from honorable mention that you just wanted to point out with the, the miss? If not, it's fine. Yeah, you know, I love Tremaine Edmonds. I love Matt Milano, the two guys on the Buffalo Bills. And there's another guy, second-year player now, Jeremiah owusu Koromoa. He's definitely a player I anticipate being on next year's edition of this list. Uh, so we have a, we have several different kind of honorable mentions. To craft a linebacker list is definitely a little tough because there's a lot of things yeah. you can kind of go off of. Well, and it's also changed dramatically, like what, you know, like Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher, Zach Thomas. I mean, even like Luke Keekley, right? I mean, like. Patrick Willis, you know, these guys are like you know, Hall of Fame caliber linebackers who 
I mean, it would still be good in today's game. They would just be different players, I think. And and you would certainly have um, – I mean, like you just see less value on a, on a true, like, downhill run-stuffing linebacker than you saw in years past. And certainly, um, you know – you know, with those guys, you're less likely to see them pop, like a guy like that pop on this list. I think you want more versatility. Like I think about Devin White, I think about Levante David. And to me, Dejani, those are the guys who can like do everything. You know, they can, you know, we're not, you know, and we're not including, uh, I assume we're not including, obviously not outside linebackers, edge rushers. I mean, you know, granted, there might be one on the list who makes it, depending on uh, who we're talking about. But um, generally speaking, you know, you're talking about off-ball linebackers, et cetera. And these are guys fly around, they make different plays. You want them to be sideline to sideline. They're a little smaller, a little faster than they used to be. And I think like, you know, White and Levante David, just sort of artistic, creative um, guys who can, you know, force fumbles, you know, create, you know, just you create havoc out there a lot of times while also being good in coverage and capable of stopping the run. Yeah, I think this is one of my favorite positions in football. I mean, the last podcast we did together was tight end, and that's the same position on offense where you have to wear a lot of different hats in terms of what role you have. And you you mentioned that the game has definitely changed a lot, and you have to be – I don't want to use the term maybe more athletic, but maybe more athletic in coverage and having, as I said, wear different hats in terms of your role as a linebacker. I muted myself and got lost on a different tab. I was checking something. Yeah, no, no, no. I, mean, I agree with you completely. All right, so uh, you look at those guys. Anything stand out from those three, three guys uh, at the bottom to you in particular? Yeah, you know, I wanted to talk about Devondre Campbell. He is kind of a one-hit wonder. There's no doubt about that. But after the year he had last year, he absolutely deserves a place on this list. In fact, if we were just going off of last year, he probably should be the number two or number three guy. I mean, setting career highs all across the board, tackles, QB hits, two interceptions. He recorded the second highest PFF grade of any linebacker with an 85. Also, what's very interesting is that he was the second highest graded linebacker in coverage with an 82.2 as well. What a steal for the Green Bay Packers last year. I mean, he went from having a one-year deal worth $2 million into signing a five-year deal that carries an AAV of $10 million. Now, it does remain to be seen if this is kind of a one-hit wonder guy, but there's another player I can name later on in this list who was a bit of a late bloomer, and he's established himself as a legitimate, one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL. Mm, indeed. All right. So um, unless you've got anything you're dying to say about the Bucks, we can move on to, to number seven. Uh, you tell me if you, if you want to talk about Levante David. Yeah. White, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, I'll say one thing. Uh, Levante David, I'm sure I don't have to explain people who that is. He's, he's long been one of the best inside middle linebackers in the NFL. Devin White was a very interesting pick for me because he didn't have an amazing 2021 campaign. Uh, yes, he did get a Pro Bowl bid, but I mean, there was a lot of hate on this kid. And yes, it wasn't his best campaign, but I will say that he possesses the kind of unique athleticism that will allow him to be one of the best at his position moving forward, in my opinion. And I mean, he's had an incredible start to his career, right? All pro honors, pro bowl bid, and a Super Bowl ring in just three years played. I think he's going to get better. The coverage ability thing is really the major question mark when it comes to this kid. But he's athletic enough to make up for it and be one of those uh, maybe borderline elite cover guys moving forward at least. I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to improve. And that's why he remains on my top 10 linebackers list entering 2022. Uh, was it last year that we were doing this list? And I was like, Roquan Smith had a down year. And you were like, what are you talking about? Are you drunk? I was like, <laughs> maybe. Uh, yes. And uh, but yeah, it was like Roquan Smith actually had a great year in 2020. And like somehow I heard, yeah, 2020, right? Yeah, 2020. Yeah. And I like sort of glossed over the fact, maybe because the Bears weren't very good. Um, but yeah, and it, did he, he missed time this past 
Did he miss miss time for personal time this past year, or am I crazy? I want to say he uh, missed time. No, he didn't. Maybe it was in 2019. I just can't get past that. All right, yeah, never mind. Roquan Smith had another great year. I mean, I wasn't going to suggest he had a bad year. I knew, in fact, I bet on him to win uh, Defensive Player of the Year based on the fact that I was an idiot who didn't realize it uh, and, and thought that he was going to have another good year. And he did have a very good year. Um, you know, it feels like he's been around forever because he was a you know a very early pick, but he was only 21, I think, when he got drafted, maybe even 20, um, eighth overall in the 2018 NFL draft. And it's sort of kind of blossomed these last two years. And I think, Bajani, there's a chance that we could see um, Rokon Smith be the biggest beneficiary of Matt Eberfluss coming to Chicago because you saw Darius Leonard just put together – an incredible start to his career. No, I'm not saying that Darius Leonard, it's not like he like he's only good because of coaching, but like, you know, that position is what Eberfuss, I think, really set his defense really sets up. I think there's a chance that Roquan Smith, you know, maybe the Bears have to win eight or nine games for him to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year, but I think he can get involved. Yeah, you know, I that's not a bet I would make, but I agree with everything you just said. And you know. Listen, Chicago's identity is on defense. It's always been on defense, and it's going to be on defense moving forward with Matt Eberflus, as you said. Uh, we'll talk about Darius Leonard, I'm sure, later on in this list. But Rokon Smith, I mean, at least 101 combined tackles in each of his four NFL seasons. Second team All-Pro in 2020 and 2021. Please, for someone's sake, get this kid a Pro Bowl bid. He keeps getting snubbed over the past two years. Uh, he's one of the best players at his position, in my opinion. And you mentioned he's young. He's just 25 years old. He's probably on the doorstep of a very lucrative extension as well. Um, I'm excited to see what this kid does. And I understand why everyone's down on the Chicago Bears entering 2022. But at the same time, I think this defense could maybe even could maybe be improved. I get that they lost to Keem Hicks and Khalil Mack. I get that. But they made some additions in the secondary, which I think are going to help in a big way. And as you mentioned, I like Eberflus's defensive mind. Roquan Smith could be set for a true career year. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I could definitely improve. I don't, I don't know that it's like it, they're going to magically be a lot better without Hicks and and um, and back. I mean, they, look, they you know they're setting themselves up for cap stuff. It's just hard to picture this team being great. But yes, if if Eberflus's defense and you know they got my boy Justin Jones in town. Um, I mean, they they can they can be fine. I just don't. It's it's just hard without a kid Hicks and, and Mac up front to believe they'll be great. But look, I, I do agree. Um, you but look, you take these two, you take those guys on the defensive line. Roquan's going to have even more tackles. Like he's going to be a monster in terms of statistical production. So it wouldn't be crazy if he has a big year. At number six, you've got Eric Kendricks checking in uh, from the Minnesota Vikings, right? <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. There's no doubt that this guy. Was I was like, did he had size. I was like, but wait, was it Kendricks or was it the um, was it he about to sign with the Jets or my Anthony Barr? That was Anthony Barr. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ke- <laughs> Kendricks is I'm the like, Vikings. I'm like, my computer set up on a cardboard box and I'm sitting with Connor <laughs> Kendrick behind me. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, yeah, there, there was no doubt this dude was going to be on the list. Uh, career high, 143 combined takedowns last year. Uh, he's another well-rounded linebacker, which is what I'm really looking for when I'm crafting this list. Uh, he's somebody that can cover. He had a 73.8 PFF coverage grade. That ranked number 10 among linebackers last year. But I can tell you right now, I don't care what PFF says. There are not 10 linebackers better than him in terms of coverage. 
Another reason that I have him so, I guess, so high on this list is because, you know, I think he's going to have a really good year. Uh, the Vikings are talking about this culture change that they are undergoing after losing Zimmer and adding Kevin O'Connell as their new lead man. Uh, it's something I talked to Justin Jefferson about just a couple of weeks ago. And Eric Hendricks has been very vocal about the new feeling. Uh, that this franchise has moving forward. So I think he's 30 years old now. We're about to be 30, but that doesn't matter. He's long been a consistent middle linebacker, and he's going to be the same kind of player moving forward into 2022. I dig it. I dig it. Um, you know, the, the Vikings defense will be interesting too because without Zimmer there, you sort of wonder like how – like just how good will – I don't know if people are like, oh, I think the defense can be improved because they're getting healthier and all that. It's like I feel like the, de- the offense can definitely take a step forward, but the defense is like – I, I have a hard time seeing them take a big leap forward without Mike Zimmer there. Yep, personally. I would 100 percent agree with that. And I think their new defensive coordinator is Ed Donatell, I believe. Um, yeah, who does? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he does not have a great history of immediate right. turnarounds or elite defenses. <laughs> that's for sure. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the intrigue surrounding the Vikings is a clearly on the offensive side of the ball. Excited to watch this team, but thank God they got a guy like Eric Kendricks in the middle that can help save some big plays from happening. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, Jordan Mazzotti's top five linebackers in the NFL. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You can really tell when, um, when like, when Debo Debo packs in the schedule – such that like I'm like yeah like I'm like I know that I feel like I've got like a 15 minute window where I've got to do I've got like another thing I've got to do in between podcasts and all of a sudden like man it's like I am keeping this thing tight like let's go on tight shit moving on number eight um, <laughs> it is uh, yeah it's, it's all season all season programming we 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 tighten the belt actually I don't know if we do but okay it, whatever, whatever. anyway the point I'm getting to number five Demario Davis uh, you're uh, number five on your linebacker list. Yeah, this was the late bloomer I was alluding to earlier in the pod. Um, You know, we talked about this guy last year, and uh, there's – I don't know how much more you can say about this guy. I mean, he's been an all-pro in each of the last three years, a career-high approximate value, which is what Pro Football Reference and Stathead puts together to give credit for individual seasons, a career-high AV of 15, top 10 PFF grade. I got to say, I think he's really one of my favorite players in this league, and it's not just because of his sexy arm sleeve. I mean, when it comes to stopping the run – tackling, rushing the pass, or covering tight ends, maybe some slot guys on occasion. I think he's just one of the best at doing that. And I think PFF has him as somewhat maybe the number one linebacker in terms of their grading system in the NFL since 2019. So he obviously had to be a top five player on my list. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it is a total like late bloomer situation too, where it just, um, you know, ended up. And a lot of times, you know, we talk about quarterbacks and systems and, 
you know, like like defensive players in the system matter too. You know, like you end up in a good system, it sort of everything clicks. You know, you know sometimes it takes a while to get adjusted to the NFL. I mean, there's all different reasons why it can take time to, to become a late bloomer. But Demario Davis definitely counts. Uh, not a late bloomer. Fred Warner, kind of an out of the box immediate performer, although uh, you know not exactly a you know a high pay. I think third round pick. Um, but he, man, and really. He gets his due now, I think, in, in the majority of you – know, any, anybody who watches the NFL closely knows Fred Warner's a stud. Um, I think your ca- casual average fan probably does too. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's still not a household name, although he is absolutely a stud and worthy of that number four spot. Uh, yeah, maybe not even higher. Yep, uh, he probably should have been higher. But, you know, it's interesting because last year when I was on the pod with you, we were debating, should he be number one over Bobby yes. Wagner? And he had such a he had such a massive campaign, all pro, pro bowl in 2020. Um, you know, he did have a career high combined tackles, number 11, and 137, I believe. That was tied for number 11 among linebackers. But his approximate value of eight was tied for number 23 in 2021. No all pro selection, no pro bowl bid. So I guess you could say he took a step backwards, but that's still an aggressive way of, 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 of talking about one of the best linebackers in the NFL. He's obviously still a stud. I think he's going to get better. I think he will reach that peak of becoming a household name at one point or another. What's interesting about him is he had the fourth best coverage grade, according to PFF, which was huge because no linebacker recorded more coverage snaps than Warner in all of 2021. So we're talking about a young kid that's already elite in one very important facet of being an NFL linebacker. He signed a massive extension last year. He's still worth every penny. He's going to bounce back, and I could probably guarantee you he will not be number four on my list in 2023. Yeah, I mean, his 2020 season was outrageous just in terms of, like, his production. I mean, you know, 19 approximate value. 19 approximate value is crazy Insane. linebacker. I mean, down to, down to eight, still a very good season. Um, for for Warner and I agree with you. I think you, you know at his age he's just he's just 25. Won't turn 26 till midway through the season. Still starting to hit his peak. This is a guy who is um, and uh, I guess too was the I don't know, I could be wrong about this. Hold on, let me make sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you can make the case too that last year and we might have even made this case last year with Warner when talking about him, but. Um, you know, 2020, he had Robert Sala as his coach. And so last year, coming out of a pandemic, new defensive coordinator, not like you're working a whole new defensive scheme, um, but you're still, you know, you know, things are different, right? You're talking about D'Amico Ryans, who I believe was a first-year defensive coordinator. Um, and, and so, you know, he like D'Amico's learning how to do it on the fly. Fred Warner's adjusting. And, you know, you're, you're changing schemes. You're, you're sort of getting on the same page as your, as your, as your coordinator. So I think it's entirely possible that he ends up you know, ha- does bounce back because of that, you know, adjustment, you know, across the board. And you, and you should expect to see uh, certainly Kyle Shanahan help facilitate that as well. Number three, I mentioned him earlier um, in the pod. Uh, one thing that would concern me about Darius Leonard, who I bet on every single year, essentially, to win defensive player of the year, is that the Colts, I believe, the Colts have now hired Gus Bradley to be their defensive coordinator. Um, that's concerning to me because, Matt Eberflus has been so good for the Colts and particularly Darius Leonard in terms of what he's been able to get from his young linebacker that I would, at least, like, I'm not saying he should be lower, just I worry a little bit about will Gus Bradley use him the way that, it, like, will he 
would he flourish and max out his skill set, et cetera, under Gus Bradley? Yeah, that's a great point. And if you wanted to take it even further, I mean, he just had what a back surgery and another surgery, kind of two mysterious things. Yeah, he was saying he's they're like he should be back for training camp, which is always concerning. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I obviously was ignoring this in creating this list, but uh, I mean, this—you make a good point about you know, could he take a, a small step backwards with the new regime in terms of the defensive coaching staff taking over? But at the same time, this is a guy who I think has achieved a little bit more than Fred Warner has during his first few years in the league. I truly do think that Darius Leonard is one of the best players in the NFL. Um, he led the league with eight forced fumbles last year. He looked like me punching the ball loose against my eight-year-old cousins in the backyard on Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, I think what really stood out to me this past year was him also stopping the run. I mean, we've talked a lot about coverage on this pod, but Leonard's 91.1 PFF run defense grade was second among all defenders in 2021. Not just linebackers, all defenders. So Very this impressive. is a guy who can really do it all. He even shines sometimes in coverage, although it's not necessarily his forte. Um, but I truly do believe he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL, or one of the best players in the league, and that's why I have him at number three on my list. I look, You won't hear me complaining about Darius Leonard on the list. Again, like the, the surgeries and the injuries are definitely a concern like that. Like it, it does worry me. But And the Gus Bradley thing, I don't – I think it's legit. Like I'm not going to discount the fact that Gus Bradley – like anybody who's – been a fan of a team that Gus Bradley is coaching in the DC for in recent years will tell you that it's like he just doesn't adjust very well. Like you know, if you know teams go offenses going at like halftime, they know what to look for to light up a Gus Bradley defense. So that's that would be my that would be my one bigger concern. The injuries too are, are, are worrisome, especially if he's not ready to start. Um, but like let's say even if you get 12 to 15 games out of Darius Leonard, you're still getting a monster season. His lowest uh, approximate value. And his career is 12 for a season, which is wild. Uh, that is, and he only played 13 games that season. Like he has been an all, you know, uh, first team all pro three out of four years, made the all pro team all four years, missed the Pro Bowl his rookie season, but was the AP defensive rookie of the year. That's like, that happens weirdly all the time. Uh, he's a tackle machine, forces fumbles intercepts the ball all of the like like as a ball hawk for like scoring when he when he gets the ball um and it's just you know just just all over the place he's a he's a stupendous player love me some Darius Leonard number two a grizzled veteran changing teams in the NFC West future Hall of Famer and one-time MVP vote getter one time we got one vote from Tony Dungy in the season he played eight or 12 games I can't remember which one but it was very weird to vote for him for defensive for for MVP, Bobby Wagner, future Hall of Famer. Um, look, you know he is. Um, he's not the same guy he was at, at peak Legion of Boom, but I mean, who is right? Who is the, who is the same that they were in 2013 as they are in 2022? Uh, he is still a great player, and I think you see him with. Um, uh, not, I don't want to say a bounce back season, but like a very motivated season for the Rams this year, uh, trying to get another Super Bowl ring, trying to help them win back-to-back, and knowing that he can really be a leader for that defense and kind of fill the Von – and I know they don't play the same position, obviously, but fill the Von Miller void where you come in and and, and be a, be that leader, be that vocal guy who takes over and helps the Rams' uh, defense play like an, at an elite level. You know, when it comes to Bobby Wagner, his resume is already solidified, future pro football Hall of Famer, as you mentioned. But if someone was crafting this list and they wanted to drop him even further than two, I have a major problem with that. He took a small step. He took a small step backwards in 2021. But as I wrote, 
it's funny how taking a small step backwards for Wagner is being a second-team All-Pro, a pro bowler, and setting a career high in tackles even while missing a game. I mean, his 170 combined takedowns ranked third among linebackers this past season. In 10 seasons, he's been named an All-Pro eight times, made the Pro Bowl eight times, led the NFL in tackles twice, and as you mentioned, a one-time MVP, one-vote getter. So Bobby Wagner, and the other part about this is for him being number two on my list, maybe he would have dropped to number three if he was still with Seattle. But this is also kind of a projection moving forward. I think he could find himself rejuvenated a little bit in one of the best defenses in the NFL and joining up with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this was a team that didn't have a great inside linebacking core last year, still made the Super Bowl. If you inject Bobby Wagner into that lineup, uh, I think that gives you a great chance for your defense to once again be one of the more elite uh, units in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and look, you can expect two big games against the Seahawks for Bobby Wagner uh, in a big-time revenge spot. At number one, very interesting here. So, like, where, did you have to battle with whoever did edge rushers to to see who gets who gets to rank Michael Parsons? Did both people rank him? Uh, did Patrick Walker attempt to just do a list of like best Cowboys and like name Michael Parsons one through 10? Like how did, how did this work when you guys were, were doing the list? Um, because Michael Parsons definitely drafted as a linebacker, but then the Cowboys and Daniel Jeremiah of NFL media had talked about this before. He's like, this guy can play, doesn't have to be the true linebacker. He could be an edge player. And he came in and he played all over the place for the Cowboys, an easy choice for defensive rookie of the year. And frankly, just, an elite player out of the gate who who feel, you feel like he, his upside is almost like uncapped given how well he played Jordan for the Cowboys in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there was definitely a conversation about where I was going to, where he was going to be included in our position ranks. Um, but I basically told Jeff Kerr, Hey man, I'm including him in linebackers. Okay. Because <laughs> and the, really, and the really big thing that he kind of came down to was, yeah, I think he played, what was it, like 40% of his snaps as an edge rusher? That's not even half, and it's also because of injury he had to step in. He had to wear a different hat on defense, and he was he was insanely successful in doing so. NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, first-team All-Pro, Pro Bowler, number one linebacker in PFF, pass rushing grade of 93, which is absurdly elite. Um, here's another thing. Yes, he only played, what, 60% of his snaps as a true kind of inside, maybe off-ball linebacker. A lot of people were talking about his coverage ability or inability coming um, out of the draft into his rookie year. Well, guess what? He, he ranked number 12 in PFF according to his coverage grade. Uh, zero touchdowns allowed in 284 coverage snaps. When you turn on the film, you're going to see a good linebacker that can read and react quickly, blow up screens. He's pretty good at open field tackling. He plays with a certain level of aggression that is absolutely required uh, from the linebacker position. And, you know, uh, the more I thought about it, and, and in the intro of this piece that I wrote, I talked about that the linebacker position is having to wear several different hats on defense, basically play different positions, cover receivers on some downs, and then blow up the run through the A-gap on other downs. And I think Micah Parsons did a good job of that. We talked off the top also about how versatile this position is almost becoming. And what other kind of versatile player would you want as opposed to Micah Parsons? He brings that versatility needed. Uh, he's a dynamic duo with Dan Quinn, one of the best players um, coming right out of the gate. So, yeah, the more I thought about it, the more I researched it, I had no problem placing him as number one on my list after just a few games. I'm trying to look it up really quickly. and uh, you know, it's, football, it's not football season right now, so it's harder to look at the future pets uh, super quickly. Right? But um, defensive player of the year at Caesars – Michael Parsons is 10 to 1. He is behind only Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, and Miles Garrett. 
Like that's insane. That's how well he played last year. Think about that company that he's in. These are, you know, we have a all all time sack leader, right? You have a future Hall of Famer and three time Defensive Player of the Year, and you have uh, Miles Garrett, who really is just sort of sort of kind of bad luck over the last few years to not find his way into a Defensive Player of the Year award. And Micah Parsons, a second year player for the Cowboys, is right there. But when you think about what they, you know, what they lose, they lost. Uh, Grandy Gregory's gone this offseason. You know, they bring back DeMarcus Ware on that contract, but like they're going to need Parsons to be a bigger part of you know, rushing off the edge. He's also going to play linebacker. He's going to drop into coverage. He's going to be all over the place. He is a very, very viable defensive player of the year, particularly if the Cowboys' offense can just drag them to 10 wins and the defense is does enough and Michael Parsons has a big enough impact. Like it's not crazy at all to suggest that. Um, so I, I, I don't have a problem with it. Number one, given the way he played and given that you do steal a little bit of, you know, like you're going to get more pass rush. It's like Jamal Adams is a top safety, right? If you wanted to, you're getting all that edge rush presence uh, with Michael Parsons. All right. Uh, excellent list. We banged it out in under 30 minutes, which, you know, means it means it's a very excellent list. So I can uh, go assemble this, this furniture really quickly. Uh, Dijani, as always, buddy, a pleasure. Thanks for chatting. Thanks for hanging. Uh, maybe we'll get that beer soon. And uh, talk to you soon, buddy. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much, Brinson. All right. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.